in the elfkin capital city of Udeelo, underneath a quaint tavern in one of the richer districts of the city, a great boom echoes through the subterranean chamber as Luna, a special child, brings the party back from the realm of Barasurak the Vebor after successfully defeating his aspect. In this room, surrounded by glowing obelisks, slowly being drained of their light and energy, Luna drops to her knees next to this altar that she'd been standing at, reading from these scripts and reciting these incantations. The party, consisting of Rolandier, Lerotz, Brynir, Mick, Ifran, Val, and Kelnies, had only seconds ago destroyed this Valor aspect. They didn't really have a chance to come to grips with what they saw after its defeat. The corpse of their old friend, Luca Cole, wrapped up in its decaying tissue and sinews. Now, back in the real material world, they're safe for now, having completed the second step of their mission. Silently, everyone is herded upstairs, back into the parlor of Leiroz's tavern. It's empty now, it's quiet, it's deep into the night, and Luna addresses the group, saying, Now, I need time to figure out how we're going to get to the next one. I I don't really know what's in store for us, what ire we've drawn from these actions, and what's necessary, what's required to conquer the next step. I'll be leaving you for two weeks' time. Take this time and use it wisely to train, prepare yourselves, and above all, recuperate. Come back to your senses. I know this was all very rushed, and I'm sorry, but it had to be that way. We had to strike when we could. The others won't be nearly as vulnerable, nearly as easy. I can already feel them moving against us. We'll speak soon, and I'll see you all sooner than you think. As Luna finishes her address and makes her way to leave, it's actually Val who stops her, putting a slender hand on her shoulder and indicating off to a more private section of the parlor. Luna obliges him, and the two take a quick seat in one of the corners, able to have a few minutes to themselves in private conversation. As the others fan out amongst the parlor and the tavern, a few of them, like Rolandier, heading outside into the night and the cold air. Val? I think Val does, like, kind of take a second to collect himself after seeing what he saw, and um, he shakes his head and, and returns to full full thought and, and says, I- I'm sorry, I uh, I wanted to speak with you before. I-, I did not expect that you would... Well, frankly, I did not expect to see you today at all, but um, I... I think I was a little bit, uh, misled in what Vale wanted me to meet you for, and, um, I don't know, I think sort of stupidly I thought you were supposed to be, uh, my teacher for intent, and I have many questions for you that bridge even beyond that, but I think perhaps the first thing that we should address before you go if I might ask, is what exactly is your connection to Vale, if you have one at all? Luna's silent for a while, her eyes reflecting the crackling firelight in a stone hearth just beside you. She finally speaks up and she says, It was a few years ago when I first figured out what I was. Um, I had a mentor at the time, an elfkin. 
His name was Caragas. At least that's what you would call him in the fellish tongue. I don't think he ever revealed what his kinlish name was, but it, it... I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. Would you like to tell me about him? No, it's okay. I, I just... I'm, I'm going to be taking this a little out of turn, answering your questions. Perhaps asking a few of my own before we reach what I think you want to know. Sure, yeah. First, I don't think I can be your teacher. I don't know if you understand exactly what I am. I, if you are something other than what I see before me, no, I do not know what you are. Humans, as you know, are really... Well, we're not known for being able to use intent. Our origins, how we were made. There's really there's an extra step, you know, before we're able to access the power of Egadon. Whereas you kin and such, you were made right from it. And our patron god, Sereth, enables a few of us to have a, a deeper connection. We call them Godborn. The Landir's one, not of Sereth, of, of Sindor, but you, you know of Godborn, yes? I do, yeah. When I first was found by Katagas in the human city of Bastion, he believed I was a Godborn. This was after... One of our most prominent godborn had been struck down, so it made sense that Sereth would then choose a replacement. This was seen as a bit heretical and didn't go over well with the magisters, especially those of the Twelfth Rose, who I believe you've had your own run-ins with. I have. Well, to make a long story short, I'm not a godborn. I'm... I don't know who my, my parents are, but I'm what humans would call at least godless. I'm a direct offspring of one of the ethereals. Is this... I know much about human culture, but not everything. Is this taboo in some form? <laughs> Very. Once Magister Morden figured out that truth, he pursued me relentlessly. I managed to lose them some time ago, and I believe his own order reprimanded him greatly. Hence why he was in Threshold when you were there, sort of as a punishment to him, but... Uh, I digress. It's it's not important. My point is, I can't teach you how to use intent because I don't know how to use intent. But you do. I know. I, I, can, I can build structures with my mind. I can tear apart the earth. I can pull the very fabric of reality apart and push you through it to some other side. But I can't tell you how. I just want it. And it happens. It sounds to me like this is a great burden for you. It was at first, when I didn't know how to do it, control it. But that's what Cad, Cadagus, helped me with before he died. Now, speaking to your actual question with Vale, I have never had any interactions with the Valors in my time. I believe, one, they fear me because, well, to, to be quite frank, I'm more powerful than they are. But still... Cad warned me that none were to be trusted, especially Vale, and he is a reality, which is a power even I do not wish to grapple with. And yet we find ourselves grappling with them, do we not? On a smaller scale? Yes, yes. But if your friend is to be believed, and this Vamak character is truthful, then Vale is on our side, temporarily. It doesn't sit easy with me, and I'd rather not, but I couldn't tell you, one way or another, what... Vale intended for you to do with me. He told me to find you. She just gives a little smile, 
brushes her dirty hair from her face and shrugs and's like, well, you did, in a way. Do you feel as though you make your own path in the world, or are you steered? I know I make my own path by virtue of being what I am. And she honestly looks up at you with sad eyes at this point as she pushes her chair back and goes to stand. But I'm sorry, but I cannot say the same for you. Yeah, no, I am uh, becoming very intimately aware of that fact. It's time for me to go, but like I said, I'll be back soon. And I promise if, if I hear or see or encounter anything that would tell me perhaps what happened to your parents, your family, while I'm away, I'll return with that news. I appreciate it. Travel safely. And she gives another smile, a curt nod, and Luna walks out the door of the tavern. Okay, Val um, takes a moment to look around the tavern and find Larotes. Larotes is horrifically injured, and yet he is already shooing off the young uh, kin who had taken responsibility of the tavern inn while he was gone and he is just standing up at the bar and he's grumbling to himself about how kids these days don't know how to do the right sort of work he's just, I'm gone for 15 minutes and suddenly there's all over here and oh goodness me they didn't even wipe down the desk once oh goodness uh, Val will approach can I attempt to use intent to heal Larotes as I come up? Yes you may okay we got a 23 on the d20 and a 96 on my d100. As you attempt to flash heal Leirotz, restoring his vitality, you aren't able to realize your intent in this moment. You see a portion of his strength return, but the full effect of whatever it was that afflicted him while in Barasudak's plane will just have to run its course. Um, upon receiving this partial healing, uh, Lerotz, you see him, he's because he's hunched over the bar, scrubbing now, after grumbling that the kid didn't scrub it, and he leans back, stretching his back, until you hear a horrifying crack. And he's like, Ugh, yes, yes, that's perfect. Ugh. Seeing Val, who was approaching, oh, thank, thank you, my boy. That had been bothering me for the last 20 years. I couldn't get it out of there. Ugh, thank you, indeed. Well, I'm, I'm glad my intent is useful for chiropractic work, apparently. Uh, excellent. I'll tell you, they never say that getting old is this hard. Ugh. I remember there were times when I could carry 900 pounds on my pinky, and now I'll be lucky if I can get the keg upstairs. Ugh. I'm afraid I will not be much help with that. Um, may I speak with you? No, oh, but of course. Would you like something to drink? No, thank you. Uh, unless you have, I don't know, water? Well, to be honest, most of the time when people ask me for water, I give them ale anyways. But for you, Val, water it is. And he pulls out, you know, it's a nice, clear, clean-looking water. <laughs> Unbeknownst to you, it's actually from a mineral spring that's near the inn. So he's he's got a nice, delightful taste. You can feel it refreshing your entire body. Ooh. Mineral water. Okay, I'm down. Val will just kind of hesitantly sip at the water and then be like, oh, pleased by it. Oh, it's actually water. I think that you and I have a lot we need to sort of um, resolve between us. First, I before, before I get into that, I don't want to forget, because you asked me to remind you I would like 
whatever letter it was that my father gave you? Oh, oh yes, dear me. Uh, where, where did I put that? Was I? Uh, no, no, no. And he, he's hunched over and he's like looking under the bench there or the, the bar there. And he's like, no, no, no. Hold on a moment. And you hear me scurry back and it's almost cartoonish. The amount of things that are being thrown around in the back. And then he finally just emerges. Oh, yes, sorry about that. I put it on the table. Yeah, yes, here it is. And he hands you, it's just, uh, it's a letter. It's sealed with your father's seal. And he says, yes, yes. Yeah. When I spoke to him last, he told me to give this to you. Thank you. Um, Val takes it and just sort of clutches it a little too hard. And then... Under what circumstances did Val leave? Val left the day of his 50th birthday. He disguised himself and left the house after having spent, I think, two years in a... Or maybe ten. Actually, I think it was ten um, in quarantine. His parents would no longer allow him to leave the house. So he was, like, running away, right? Yes. Okay, cool. You... My my last memory of you is different, I think, than your last memory of me. And... Yes, I'll say. It's, uh... Think about... Uh, 30, 30 years for me and, uh... Two days for you? Uh, probably a tad different. Roughly. I cannot wrap my mind around uh, the man that I knew being the one to teach me to love humans the way that I do. Because the man that I knew held no love for them at all. You know, it's, it's curious that you should say that. Uh, how to put it then? Um, well, no love might be a little strong. Uh, are they barbers? Yes. Are they uncivilized? Yes. But do they have some redeeming qualities? Also, yes. You see, I realized during my time, mostly with Ifran, but also that Mick fellow was a jolly old sort, wasn't he? You see, 800 years ago, when I first was around, humans were, well, to be frank, more barbaric than they are now, and uh, might have taken a couple of days walking next to them and uh, the occasional jaunt out of the Kinlands just to find out that really, while they lack a certain simplicity that you can find in Kinlish society, at least they have a society. You know, they're not like those. Uh, I don't know. They're not terrible, I should say. And I knew, remembered fondly, I guess, that you were the one to make me see that. Clearly, none of these humans Whatever going to convince me otherwise, and while I still don't believe that they are as good, or even as helpful as kin, they don't deserve maybe the reputation. At least they don't now deserve the reputation that I gave them. So I endeavored to instill you with that, especially since I knew you weren't going to get it from your parents. Uh, so it seems we have uh, educated each other then. It would seem so. I'm not against the idea of rehabilitating humans into our society. I do think it's superior to their cultures, but maybe I won't so aggressively disregard their interests in all of this. I, like a good kin, think that freedom is something that's earned, but maybe these humans have a bit more than I gave them credit for originally. I know it doesn't seem like much, but getting older, as I have, is, uh... Interesting for a kin. I hope you live long enough to experience it, but I don't envy you that passage. Well, given what we have uh, got ourselves into here, I do not know if I will live as long as you. Now, 
You say that, but let's remember, I spent the first 450 years on the battlefield. Uh, 450 plus. And I've managed to walk away far enough. And let's be honest, you always <laughs> tend to be on the farther end of the sword than on the nearer. Smart, in my book. So I... I wouldn't sell yourself short. Clever young man like you. You'll find a way. We'll see, I suppose. Um, thank you for keeping this letter safe, and um, I think that we will probably still tend to disagree on a lot, but I would like to... I would like for us to be friends the way we were when you were my teacher. Yeah. I would hope for it. Yeah. Very, very fond memories indeed. Don't worry, I... Well, you're right, we will disagree. Probably more than we agree. I can't help it when you're wrong. But <laughs> do do relax, don't worry too much. I spoke with your father shortly after you left. Uh, unfortunately, I was the first suspect after your breaking of the quarantine, as they so delicately put it. I wouldn't worry too much. He's a stubborn old mule. And uh, I doubt wherever he's gone, it's too, too far. I hope they are safe, and I will nod at Larotes. And is this just a tavern, or is it also an inn? It's an inn. There are rooms as well. It's pretty classic fantasy tavern inn. <laughs> Class- classic. We meet in a tavern. Except for it's it's kind of upscale. Like this is a kind of hippy dippy tavern. Sweet. There's a bath in it. Uh, yeah. If if Val can beg a room of Larotes, then he will go up and um, read this letter from his father. Okay. Um. So yeah, Larotes is uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I haven't spent 40 years here doing nothing. I've, in fact, got ourselves a little headquarters, you might say. Yeah, come with me. And so he gestures. And so on the top, you know, there are rooms for rent. And then there is the kind of common area tavern. There's the kitchen area behind it and the side of the bar. But behind that, there's several other rooms that he hasn't been using for these things. So it kind of enters into the kitchen. So the two main structures share the kitchen, but the back of it is entirely separate. There's a common area and there's enough for everyone to have a room. Very nice. Val will very quietly shut himself in a room and... Inside the room, Val finds a little mint on the pillow <laughs> and uh, a nice, like, quart of whiskey in a bottle on the nightside table. He, he sets that aside. <laughs> that comes in all of the rooms. Okay. Can I read this letter? What does it say? <laughs> Venice, since you've run off, we have not been able to speak and there are many things that I would tell you. Many things I cannot tell you. I don't know what you are. I don't know why you ran off. I, I can't understand it. And I don't approve of it. But that does not change the fact that you are my son. That does not change the fact that there are some things you should know. Your mother and I, the family, everyone, really, we're leaving. We can stay here. And I don't know when we'll be back. I had hoped that you would return before we left, but... There is no other option. It is important that we are hidden when we are gone, and I cannot tell you where. However, you should know that this is of our own choice, and this is our own decision. You do not need to worry. I'm giving this to your old teacher. You seem to be quite fond of him, and it seems that he knew somehow that you were going to run away. I understand that this unhealthy obsession you have with humans has taken control of you to such an extent... But I do want you to know that there is a place for you here. I don't approve, and I think that your decision to use your time this way is foolish, but you're young and your life is long. Come back to us when you can. 
Your father, Senris. Val will just sob for several hours, definitely cries himself to sleep, probably spends the remainder of the next day also crying. Um, he's had a real rough go of it the last 48 hours and um, will spend the remainder of his two weeks viciously practicing intent in his room. When Val wakes up the next morning, he sees a warm cup of milk on his nightstand left there by a concerned Lerotz. As Val, over the next little while, retreats into his emotions and his magic, we flash back to the night they all emerged victorious from Barosulik's realm. Stepping into the parlor, Luna having given her address, we look over now to Efron. My friends, I agree with Luna. We should take this time to recuperate. If anybody needs me, I will be in my appropriated room. For the next few days, Efron goes about his business, checks in on everybody, makes sure everybody is doing all right, is healing nicely, sees if they need anything. A few days after their return from Barasurak's realm, Efron approaches Lerot. Lerot, my friend, how are you today? Doing well as could be expected. These old bones aren't what they once were, but there's still a bit of fight in them. I was very impressed by the way you took on Valkis with such vigor. I would not have expected that from someone of your age, but you are still full of surprises. Of course, it is harder these days, but just a bit more downtime between missions is all. As long as I can take some time off, stretch my back, I'll be fine. Well, perhaps you would accompany me to the markets. I see you are in need of a new weapon. I too must purchase some things. Perhaps we can go and allow you to stretch your legs. Get some fresh air. Get out of this musty place. I couldn't agree more. What an excellent idea, good sir. Hold on one moment. And he uh, goes back and he grabs some of his, kind of as a satchel with him, which is carrying just sort of anything you might need in the day. Shall we then? Uh, do you know your way around or shall I show you? I am uh, acquainted with the place, but just one moment. And uh, Efron leaves, and in a couple minutes, he comes back, this time looking like a, a smaller elfkin, perhaps, you know, perhaps a very young elfkin. Okay. Very well. I am ready to depart. And Efron ushers Leirutz out the door, and they begin walking together uh, towards the middle of Udelo, uh, where I imagine the markets would be. As Leirotz and Efron are walking together, Efron says, So I am quite acquainted with many of the places here. I know where to obtain some fine things, and in fact, I think I may have just the shop for you to replace the glaive that you lost in our most recent battle. Would you like to head there first? I'm always interested in finding a new place to poke around. I've seen most of these, but yeah, I think it's too big for any one kinder. Really see it all. Very good. Then, let us go there. So tell me, Lerotz, what made you want to be a soldier in the first place? Oh, it's the finest profession one could go into. Back when I was around this... This toss-up that we have now was a raging war. Much tighter than things were rough and... Well, duty called. So... I called them back and said I would take it. Never regretted it. I was a strong lad. 
powerful. Always happy to put myself in the danger. Keep those safe. Us, there's nothing like the smell of a battle. Horrific, really. Quite gruesome. But when your cause is just, seems like it's easier, at least. May I ask you another question? Of course. Do you ever get tired of war? Do you ever wish it were over? Well, to be honest, no. If we could be over, that would be excellent. No sense of people dying unnecessarily. But tired of it? I wouldn't say so, no. I've lived a lot of years. I've fought a lot of men, both kin and men. And to be honest, I don't really fear that I ever got the fight that didn't need to be fought. I would like the war to end. Since my brief travels through the human lands, I think there's something there that, while it lacks the decency of kin society, at least provides a certain stability. Maybe there are other, better ways that we could interact. I agree. I've been thinking much lately of the war. You see, we are caught up in many things now with the veil and aspects and the wanderer. There are many things which I still do not know. Perhaps I will never know. But after having been among the kin for some time now, after having been among you and Val and the Kelvies, I do not know if there is any good reason why humans and kin could not become friends. There is much bad blood between us, but we have made it work. You have not killed me yet, as I'm sure you could, being such a spry young man as you are. But I think I would like to see peace between us. And as he says this, Leirots and Efron enter into uh, the market square, where there's a healthy bustle going about, people going to and from shops, friendly chatter, somebody's eating a kebab over in the corner, that kind of thing, you know. Classic kin stuff. And Efron looks at Leirots and he says... Ah, the markets. It reminds me of home. When I see such hustle and bustle, as I see many fine merchants perfecting their trade, I think to myself, kin and humans are not so different. Perhaps there could be peace. Perhaps we, as a group, could help bring about that peace. Lerods, do you ever think that once all of this is done, with the aspects and the wonder and conspiracies, perhaps we could help bring about change in this world? Perhaps we could form a bridge between human and kin. You know, I haven't thought about much over the last years. My sentiments towards the humans have been softening quite a bit even. It is distressful to see everything that's happening, but I think the key problem is the cost. Look here, look around us. It's hustle and bustle, as you say. These aren't thinking of war. These aren't thinking of lost. Here's a thinking of the next day's bread. The hatred is deep. I wish we could be those who would change this, but I don't know if I have so much faith. If you leave a world and come back 800 years later, and the same war is going on, it's hard to think that it can ever really end. How many human generations have passed? How many kinish generations have passed? For you all, this war has been going on since before your great-great-great-grandfathers. For us, much less. It has only been short amount of time relative to our life it would be hard to change but i do find that a worthy goal i would like to see peace i can dare hope but i'm not sure how much i believe it it appears we have arrived at a fine weaponsmith Lerots, please browse the wares do you see anything that you like all right Lerots goes straight up to the the, the shop clerk and he says all right there you I need a glaive so sharp 
They could shave the whiskers off of a werecat without touching its dainty face. The shopkeeper cocks an eyebrow and says, That would be quite a special order. Is there something you can present to me that uh, would qualify you for such an acquisition? Uh, he's, he's, eh, yes, of course. Wait a moment. So, uh, Littles reaches into his satchel and he pulls out just this polished marble. It's like a rectangular stick. It's just like a stick of marble that's been carved out. It's probably as wide as his hand is. And he just lays it on the table, you know, his name face up for the shopkeeper to see. And the shopkeeper is a bit taken aback and says, Why, what, what, what's an honor? I, uh, I, I do not have anything of that sort in, in my possession currently, but as I said... It would be an honor to put forth a special requisition for you. Excellent. Now, make sure that when you requisition this, that you get some nice, fancy, intent-based enchantment on it. I like my weapons with a little bit of spice these days. So I'll tell you what, surprise me, but I want it to cut hard, and I want it to move fast. You are a fine craftsman. I can't imagine that this should take more than a couple of weeks. Of course, Master Commander. We will do as you say. Stealth feather, indeed. Good job. Then I will be back. Two weeks' time. Surprise me. And with that, Efron and Lerods give some parting formalities to the shopkeep. After leaving the small shop, Efron looks to Lerods and says, Lerods, there are a few more things that I would like to get uh, while we are out today. There is a small shop nearby that I would like to purchase a few things at. A bit of canvas and a small book, so it should not take long. A book, you say? Have you ever tried Bartleby's? Bartleby's? Bartleby's, yes. It's down here, just just down the way. Excellent quality for most of your breeding needs. Quite an interesting hobby. I've taken up poetry recently. I can't write worth a damn, but I do like a nice sonnet. Perhaps then you will be interested in a small project of mine. You see, I would like to collect stories. From you, from Val, from Kelnies. And I would like to share some of the Kinnish culture with my own people. You see, my family in Emera is somewhat influential. We are a well-established merchant family. And I believe sharing your stories and my stories of journeys with you and amongst the kin could go a long way towards bringing understanding to the humans. And perhaps some will think like you and I that the cost of war is too high, that there need not be any more meaningless death. You know, that's a darn fine idea. Oh, fine idea indeed. In fact, I mean, if we skip out the middle 350 years of my life, that could be an excellent idea. I don't think reading about me killing hundreds of them is going to really help, but maybe the more tranquil of times could communicate. You know, I respect that about you, Ifran. Since getting to know you, you have been the human who has most changed my mind about your people. Thoughtful man. Convicted. I can respect that. I can indeed. Thank you, Lerots. I am very flattered. I was taught as a boy, it is always better to build bridges than to burn them. And I believe that is also true of the relations between humans and kin. It is better to build bridges. And with that, Efron goes into the bookshop and purchases a small blank book for him to write down some of these stories and other things, interviews, thoughts, and opinions from his kinlish friends, and a bit of canvas. Lerold spends the entire time just chatting it up with the guy who's in charge. This is, in fact, Bartleby's, his favorite poetry shop. 
Having obtained all the items they set out to get, Efron and Leroz return to the tavern, where Efron then gathers everybody. Everybody, please! I have something important that we must take care of. And everybody gathers. There is something very important that we must accomplish before we set out on our next great adventure. I would like everybody to please stand against that wall. Kelnies, you are a master of intent, are you not? A certain kind, yes. So, for one such as yourself, it would be a trifle to create a wondrous painting of us on this canvas that I have produced. And Efron holds up the canvas that he bought from Bartleby's earlier. Could you do such a thing? I would like to commemorate this moment, our time together, this band of misfits. Hmm. It could serve as a model for more peaceful relations between kin and humans. And I consider all of you to be my friends. And I would like something to remember you by. Can Kelnies make copies of that? Like we could put it in our wallet or something. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you make wallet sizes? So. Yeah. <laughs> Efron also pulls out some smaller pieces oh. of wallet sized canvas. <laughs> yes. uh, one for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean to say coin purse size canvas? Yes, of course. It's a Freudian slip there. <laughs> Rolandier is glowing at this idea and immediately lines up against the wall, posing for whatever is about to happen. He's not sure. Can you define that pose for us, Rhett? He's trying to look like he's relaxing, kind of leaning up against the wall, but he's overthinking it and clearly uncomfortable there. Ledolz also uh, goes to the wall, you know, and he just stands up nice and straight. He takes a little bit of the hunch that he had in him out of him to uh, look nice for the photo. Uh, sorry, portrait. Mick uh, says, oh, finally, somewhere where I can wear my new outfit. And you notice it's the same outfit as the gatekeeper from Count Gear's party. So, <laughs> finally, it comes full circle. <laughs> and Efron spends a little moment arranging everybody in appropriate positions. The tall ones in the back, Efron, and anybody else that's short in the front. So, Lerotz and Brynir in the back. Yep, 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 yep. And then Efron gets into position himself, and he says, Kelnis, is it possible for you to also be in the picture while simultaneously creating it? Yes, 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 I'll be able to. Just, Val, scoot in just a little bit on the left. Val does so. <laughs> very good, very good. Now, everybody say cheese. <laughs> Why cheese? <laughs> it is customary in the mirror to say cheese before having one's painting made. <laughs> I've been uh, doing it wrong for years. <laughs> <laughs> you must draw out the word cheese very long. It takes quite some time for the Americ painters to create a whole portrait. That is such a wealthy person thing to say. <laughs> right. Three, two, one. And then with a flash of her fingers, Kalnies manipulates the pigments, the light, and everything to capture a picturesque moment on the canvas provided by Efron. And after that moment, a moment completely out of time, completely out of worry, out of space, out of stress everything that had been plaguing the group for so long, you hear a simple rap on the tavern door. <laughs> <laughs>